to NURFM. This is Finance and it's a quarter past 12. Barry Preston. Jane Klein, how are you? How's the finance area looking at the well, moment? Well, the markets have been fairly strong. Again, with these throwaway comments that we'll talk with Henry about. But uh, I know last week we talked about the throwaway, uh, not the throwaway comment, but a comment made by the Governor of the Reserve Bank and uh, how it affected the dollar. Just a, a sort of a small comment after everything finished. And a similar sort of thing with Ben Bernanke over in uh, America. I think it was last night, which uh, we'll check with Henry. I think he's got more information on that. At so the cool. dollar at the moment, just to follow that through, seems Strength. to have been on the down and now it's up again. Because of the Heading comment, mate. It jumped yeah. two cents, I yes. think, would you believe? Uh, all the foreign currency experts uh, would have missed that. But th- this is the way the markets are at the moment. Somebody's only got to make one small comment. And a lot of this electronic computer trading, it picks up on that word, thinks it's positive, buy, buy, buy. And uh, this is it. And instantaneous information. Now, where once upon a time it took time for it to... Uh, uh, travel around the world and get into uh, people's minds and uh, for them to make a decision. Now it's basically instantaneous. So the average Joe has a l- probably behind the eight ball as far as investing is concerned mm. in respect to all these sort of things if, if you're a trader. So mm. does that mean we should or we shouldn't look at the stock market every day and see where it is? Well... Once upon a time, no, people didn't. But unfortunately, the markets move so much now, more people are doing that, looking at it and making decisions based on that. Now, long-term investing should not be that. And the, the old adage of set and forget is probably being eroded a little bit, even though long-term the markets seem, or they have in past, always risen above their previous high. So um, we're a long way from the previous high at the moment, but... Uh, We've had a fairly big hit as far as the global financial crisis is concerned. And people's confidence is shot. It may take a little bit longer for the next generation to come through and not understand that. Because you talk to some of the generations now and you mention even some of the great singers like the uh, Perry Comas and people, Frank Sinatra, and they look at you and think, what planet are you from? <laughs> and this is Finance, 26 past 12. Barry Preston, time for our market snapshot with Henry. With- Henry Jennings, comments made during our program are for general discussion. You must always seek your own advice and a product disclosure statement should be obtained and considered before obtaining a financial product. Staff associated with Pritchard and Partners or BBY Limited stockbrokers may trade in company in shares in companies mentioned on this program. Pritchard's financial services licence is 246712 BBY 2380095. Have the job figures come out yet, Henry? Yes, they have, Barry. They came out about an hour ago, um, and they showed that uh, our unemployment rate has risen uh, to 5.7%, which is somewhat worse than analysts have been predicting. Um, worryingly, for Tasmania, their um, their unemployment is now up over 8%, which is the first time any state's had that in over a decade. So um, not looking too good in some of the states. Uh, Western Australia had a big rise as well. So, um, But there were some jobs created, so, um, so that was good, 10,000-odd jobs were created. Oh, well, that was good then. Now, our market seems like uh, the stop-go man or the stop-go person, operators. Uh, um, it's up, it's down, it's down, it's up. The U.S. says something, it goes down. The U.S. says something, it goes up. China's not looking good, it goes down. What's happening? 
Um, I think we're seeing, well, it's it's summertime in the Northern Hemisphere. A lot of people are away on holidays. Um, we've got a lot of people away on holidays as well because it's, uh, it's school holidays for kids. Um, and things are quite thin. So we are jumping uh, around on uh, on any kind of piece of news. And this is the brave new world, I guess, where computers pick up on news headlines and trade accordingly and, and trade with the momentum. So we are seeing a sort of a, a stop-go. One day it's terrible, the next day it's fantastic. Um, some days uh, bad news is actually good, and some days good news is actually bad. So um, it is a little bit perverse at the moment, but volatility is your friend. And it looks like it's going to be like this for quite some time. Well, I suspect so. We've also got the, the, uh, the election hanging over us as well, which doesn't really help sentiment. And we've got the reporting season starting in the US reporting season. Telstra seems more jobs may be destined for overseas. Yes, well, we're seeing a lot of this with the uh, so-called offshoring option, um, and uh, it does look like uh, Telstra is uh, exporting another bunch of uh, another bunch of jobs to uh, to India um, this time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not a great PR look, but um, you know, unfortunately, it's the way of the world in this global economy that uh, if someone can do your job for less in another place and you can get them to do it, then um, they get the job. And as we're talking about conflicting information, consumer confidence appears to be building up. Some say yes. The Westpac and the Melbourne Institute survey of approximately 1,200 people showed its index of consumer confidence edged down. But yet the other ones say it's edging up at the pessimists and not ahead of the optimists, which is good. I think it's very hard to measure a sentiment uh, sometimes, and some of the uh, some of the numbers tend to bounce around a bit, depending on what you had for breakfast, I guess, and uh, whether you had a row with your uh, your better half. So I don't take too much uh, credence from these things, but you know, just talking to people around the place, I think there's still um, generally a, a lack of uh, a lack of real enthusiasm and confidence. And I think one of those reasons has been the political debate that we've seen out of Canberra. Mm-hmm, interesting. Qantas not flying so well. By that I mean the planes are flying exceptionally well, but the company performance is in a little bit of a, a quagmire at the moment. Yeah, I mean, one of the, I mean, the airlines. I spoke about this on Sky yesterday. Airlines are a hard work. I mean, they're, they're, they're a business with an awful lot of moving parts, um, and they're you know, Qantas is up against a lot of um, national carriers like Singapore and Emirates and those sorts of people who are backed by their governments who really are not always in it just for money but more a question of prestige and the other problem that Qantas has had recently of course is the uh, is the oil price hitting sort of 105 which is one of their biggest costs is, uh, is obviously the uh, is the oil that it costs to fly around the planes so um, never a good time for airlines when you've got high oil prices I'm afraid Definitely not. The Australian Securities Investment Commission may sit in on company briefings since the uh, the NCM, the Newcrest uh, fiasco. Wouldn't it be better if they sort of put uh, tapes or videos in there and got every exact comment? Well, this is actually, I sent this uh, to a friend of mine who does work for ASIC and suggested it the other day to a journalist in the uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald that maybe um, we tape a lot of phone calls in the broking industry in case there's problems. Um, and it would be just a, an easy procedure just to uh, to uh, to take a record of every uh, every broker's uh, and uh, company meeting. Um, they wouldn't have to monitor all of them. They just have to put a few high-profile ones to the sword and find them heavily if uh, they they made some mistakes to uh, to set an example. So it's always good to throw a body bag out on the runway. It tends to uh, <laughs> to focus people's minds. It's getting difficult. It really is all this compliance and so forth. Whether oh, it's good or not, I don't it's know. A nightmare. What happened to Billabong? Billabong. Well, what in, well, we've, we've spoken about Billabong many, many times. The stock has had um, 
somewhat of a rally. Everyone was getting excited about the fact that they had rallied 10% and 15% and 20%. Don't forget, the billabong is still only 22 cents. <laughs> so, you know, a, a 10% move is only a couple of cents, really. So, um, you know, we're all getting very excited, and, and certainly I'm not getting that excited, but people are, about um, about billabong's meteoric rise. But let's, let's not forget, their meteoric fall has come from about $17 to 22 cents. They did get down to 13 or 14 during the tax loss selling period and have perked up a little bit as a few of the hedge funds in the U.S. are looking to uh, take a more uh, more control and more action in this stock. So no parties yet? I think they're a long way from partying. Their only market cap is 100 million bucks, and they've got a hell of a lot more debt than that. Mm. Banks are keen to issue hybrids. The ANZ and mm. Westpac are in at the moment, and uh, people are buying these like they're going out of fashion, people chasing yields. Now... They're not shares, but they do pay interest. They do. There's more hybrids than a than a, than a Prius convention at the moment, <laughs> uh, and what we're seeing an awful lot of these uh, these banks uh, issue hybrids. We saw ANZ and Westpac with sort of 750 to a billion dollar uh, hybrid issue. And you're right, Barry. They're not um, they're not as safe as sometimes people think. Uh, people need to read the small print. They do offer a good yield, but then again, so do the bank shares themselves. I mean, some of these banks are yielding five and a half, six percent fully franked, okay, you've probably got more risk there than you have in a hybrid, but um, you can buy some protection through the, uh, the option market as well with these, uh, these bank shares, um, so it does give you a little bit of comfort. So um, I'm, I'm always baffled why people would pile into these hybrids, but they do seem to, um, but you do have to read the small print because some of them are not quite as safe as you would have uh, imagined. Just because of the name. You mentioned very quickly the annual diggers and drillers, the mining fraternity, getting together over in Cal- Kalgoorlie, but I think yes. you called it something else, wasn't it? The diggers um, and drillers? Yes, I've, I've christened it the cost cutters and cancellors instead of uh, the diggers and dealers. Um, <laughs> that usually takes place at the beginning of August in Kalgoorlie, but I think it's, uh, it's going to be quite a sombre affair this year, judging by the, uh, the state of the small mining stocks. Um, although today we have seen uh, the gold price perk up, and a lot of these stocks have bounced sort of 8 to 10% in, in some cases. But again, a bit like Billabong, you know, some of these stocks have had massive, massive falls. Things like Silver Lake uh, have fallen from $3.50 to $0.58. Cents. So uh, a 10% move up sounds a lot, but, um, you know, mm. it's, um, it's not in the big scheme of you look at the charts and they've come down a long way. So they've got a long way to go yet before the diggers and dealers can celebrate in Kalgoorlie this year. At 25 to 1, you're listening to Finance on 2NURFM and Barry Preston, Market Snapshot with Henry Jennings. Henry, any signs of the Japanese money printing showing any life where it really matters? Um, well, the Japanese uh, money printing does seem to be showing some signs of life. Certainly, uh, um, their economy does seem to be stirring from a couple of decades of, uh, of, of serious inertia. So uh, maybe it is working for them. It's certainly been working for the U.S., um, although you know it's uh, questionable how long they can keep it up for. But uh, we will have to see. But certainly at the moment, it is working for Japan, much to the chagrin of their, uh, their neighbours as well, who are sort of suffering with the currency wars. They can't print too much, I don't think. Can they, their neighbours? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure everyone can print as long as they've got a home uh, home inkjet. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> USA reporting season apparently is off to a positive start with Alcoa, but I thought it made a loss, but it wasn't the loss of a 
wasn't the loss that everyone expected? Was that what happened or not? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the U.S. economy uh, or the U.S. companies have done a pretty good job of, uh, of pushing down expectations uh, for their profit numbers, and Alcoa is one of the, uh, the kings of this. Um, and their profit numbers were pretty ordinary, to be honest, but um, you know, they had been so pessimistic going into this that anything um, slightly better was always going to help. Um, so it, we're yet to see the rest of the, uh, the U.S. Uh, earnings, but um, it, it certainly was a, a mildly positive start, but only against some pretty low expectations. Even though it was a loss, it wasn't the loss that the lost people have thought it would be. <laughs> no, no, the unknown knowns, etc. Yeah. The International Monetary Fund is not as positive as one would expect, uh, downgrading world growth expectations. Mm. Now, whether these expectations are necessary or not, but it's, it makes a good story. Now, I think they've more or less said that they're going to drop the world expectation. We can't keep dropping it. It's got to stop sometime. Well, I guess it has. I mean, the, the sad truth is that no one actually listens to the International Monetary Fund. Um, they have been uh, massively behind the curve in terms of their predictions for the world economy, um, and they only seem to downgrade after everybody else has downgraded and reality has come. But, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the real issue I, for the world is that we are seeing not only the IMF downgrade, but we're also seeing other people downgrade as well. So it is slightly worrying, but, um, you know, they're looking at China particularly um, as, a, as a cause for concern. Europe is completely stuffed, as we all know, <laughs> um, and the U.S. is sort of uh, is going along at a tepid rate at best. And the markets are booming. It's really got me confused. But I don't know. All the negatives and the Dow heads north. And I well, think thanks to Ben. But if all these little uh, comments that these uh, people in power make seem to fire the market up. I know. It's frightening. Well, last night Uncle Ben uh, was out and about again with another speech um, and the FOMC meeting uh, minutes. Um, which showed that the, you know, a number of the participants in the, uh, in the Fed, number of Fed chiefs, were all for uh, pulling the pin on the stimulus package sooner rather than later. But then Ben gave a speech, and afterwards, in some unscripted remarks, he basically said, nah, we're not going to pull the taper in, we're not going to pull the stimulus, we're not going to taper, we're looking at a couple of things, which is unemployment and inflation, which we've talked about before, and he reckons that the unemployment rate in the U.S. is actually flattering to where the economy really is, um, and he thinks it's significantly weaker than the 7.6 shows. So it's, it seems there's no sign of the stimulus fading. Ben actually will probably give up um, his job and be uh, and be pushed out sort of around Christmas time. Mm. So uh, we'll have a new Fed chief, we'll have a new man at the helm and a new, uh, a new someone to, uh, to think of a nickname for. So all the computers will be looking at the person that's going to take the place, whether they're a hawk or a dove, I would say. Yes, well, free money is the answer, and as long as the interest rates are low and, and as long as the stimulus is a keep coming into uh, global markets, equity markets will continue to bubble away. Your home market, the UK, the FTSE, is at nearly 6,000, well, it's over 6,500. The 6,500, yeah. The DAX is up. Yeah. Are they aware that there are some financial challenges out there at all or not? Um, they are, but again, Barry, it, it comes down to this free money and where do you put, um, you know, with, with UK interest rates very, very low, almost zero, uh, European interest rates almost zero, where are you going to get a bang for your buck? And the answer is equity markets. So um, companies are, are providing a far greater return than uh, interest markets are. So at the moment, that's where the free money's going. The Royal Mail, the GPO, don't tell me it's going to float. It is. What? It is. They're going to... Uh, this, this sort of harks back to the golden era of the 80s when I used to 
uh, live in London and, and was trading the privatisation issues. But uh, it looks like the post office is going to be uh, floating in the UK uh, sometime in the uh, in their autumn, which is sort of our spring and October time. Um, and they're putting a value of around two billion dollars on the float, um, which is uh, which uh, I don't know if that's good or bad to be honest. But it has been around since uh, Henry VIII, the Royal Mail. So it'll be interesting to see how this one goes because it's quite a big float, and we haven't seen one of these for a while. Henry VIII, any relation there at all? Or not? No? Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh, fair enough. No, I only got the one wife. <laughs> the big Walmart may not build, this is the big American store, the big Walmart may not build three stores if it's forced to pay employees 12.5 US dollars per hour. Yeah, I thought that was quite strange, actually, that oh. it was not going to uh, build these stores in, uh, I think it was uh, Washington, wasn't it, if it actually had to pay a living wage. Um, Walmart is one of the biggest employers of part-time jobs in the U.S., if not the biggest. So, um, you know, they employ an awful lot of uh, young people and an awful lot of people just starting out, a bit like Maccas, I guess. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, that they're having some... Uh, some uh, issues paying their employees a decent amount of money. Is it true that Latvia wants to join the Eurozone? The Eurozone? Yeah, not only wants to join, but it has been agreed that they're going to join us from uh, 2014. Mate, so, they might have uh, some money. So, well, maybe if they have some money, they can tap them on the shoulder for the next bailout of Greece. Okay, Henry, on behalf of everybody at 2NURFM 103.7, thank you very much indeed. Keep safe. See you next week. Pleasure, Barry. Thanks Come. a lot. Henry Jennings with our market snapshot, and this is finance. Barry Preston. Now, superannuation is always of interest, and there have been some changes. What do they mean? Well, some of the big changes that uh, can affect people is, firstly, the or will affect people is the contributions. Um, the it was nine percent. This is what's called the superannuation guarantee, the SGC, the superannuation guarantee contribution, where your employer puts in nine percent. Now. Some people find that it, their weekly wage or fortnightly wage will be affected because it comes out of your income, where other people will not see that because the employer <coughs> pays for it. It's all a part of your agreement as far as your wage or your salary is concerned. And over the next few years, they're endeavouring to get this up to 12%. Now, one of the things I thought was quite uh, silly of the government reducing the contribution m- limits that people could put in. Now, so you were it, restricted. You to were restricted down to twenty five thousand dollars, which uh, a year. If, uh, yeah, a year. If anyone wanted to increase their superannuation, I'm talking about twenty five thousand. You can put up to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars into your super, but that's over three years, and that's it. But yes. Um, people who were working and wanted to put more money into their super were basically restricted to this 25000 um, what we call a taxed contribution. You could put more in, but uh, it's better to talk. It, would, it is better to talk to an advisor to find out what you can do because if you actually exceed some of these limits, uh, there can be some harsh penalties as far as taxation. But what they've done, they've increased it from 25000 in the year 13 and 14, they've increased it from 25,000 to 35,000. Now, of course, there are age limits in that. Uh, be careful there. Um, up to a certain age, you can contribute $35,000. So it's better, again, I can go through all these in detail, but they're quite boring when you're talking about uh, fine Never. figures and so <laughs> forth. They, well, they are, actually, when you think about it. Now, um, you can put $150,000 in in one year. And you can do $150,000 the next year and you can put $150,000 the following year, $450,000. But be careful because 
these can also, if you're working and you're paying superannuation contributions from your employer and you put those large amounts in, you can be, uh, you will find that you may be taxed heavily on it because there are strict limits. So okay, be so very you might careful. Go over by mistake. Yes, mm-hmm. and also children. Yes, children and super contributions. Anyone under the age of 65, including children under age 18, can contribute to super without meeting a work test. Because if you're over 65, you've got to meet a work test. See, this is where it, it, it's complicated mm, very because there's so many little things that come up. And we can talk about it on air and people say, oh, I've heard it on air and that's what it is. No, always speak to an advisor before you go and do anything. So this is a general guide. General guide, most certainly. But yes, situation. Uh, any child working under the age of 18 can contribute to superannuation. And the, the tax status is basically normal, but... I would suggest you also go and talk to an advisor because there are some things you shouldn't do and things you should do and so forth. So, yes, children can contribute to superannuation. If we want to keep our <clears throat> pressure off Social Security, then we've got to encourage people to save for themselves later in life. I mean, I think I read something the other day. You can't take from the wealthy to give to the, to the people who are not wealthy to become wealthy. That just doesn't work. Uh, but encouraging people over a long time and superannuation is still one of the best long-term investments. And you get to use it later. You get to use it. And when you get older, that's the time you need it. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. This is Finance on 2NURFM.